At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Thanks for joining us once again for another Six Rings and Football Things podcast. In the midst of Patriots training camp, I am Andy Hart from weei.com. The other voice you'll hear today, or one of three voices you'll actually hear today, is Chris Shime Time Shime. Chris, how are you? I'm wonderful, Andy. How are you today? I'm good. And we will also be joined in the middle of the podcast by WEEI.com's Patriots writer, Kyrie Thompson. And I'm intrigued to talk to him because I think he is a little more uh, upbeat and positive about the Patriots offense than mm -hmm. almost anybody else. So it'll be good to get that flavor uh, in sort of fly in the face of the concern and, and, and criticisms and questions that have been flying around Foxborough. But I am, once again, fresh off the practice field. Thursday's practice, Patriots back in pads. Uh, today was the supposed hot day, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure it was hotter than the day before. It was, really? it's been hot. Like we're in the midst of technically and not technically a heat wave. Like we've had plenty of heat the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So turn the dials up, if you will. Yeah, it's training camps. It's supposed to be hot. And there was actually a nice little breeze today that I think kept it from getting oppressive. Um, I know there were some reports that like the heat index could approach like 100 or triple digits. Not sure it actually was that. I will say Bill Belichick did not back off. They had a nice two hour plus practice. They finished with a lot of you know, conditioning for some guys, the offensive linemen had to hit the sled extra after the five man sled after practice um, DBs and wide receivers at the end of the practice they were throwing on deep ball after deep ball after deep ball. So I think there was an emphasis to kind of push them to their limits, take advantage of the conditions because we do need to remember September 11th, they will be in Miami. It will be hot. They yes, will, will fade. They will fade in the second half of that game. It is a common September occurrence. It happened last year. And you, you ask a lot of these guys, um, veterans, one of the first things they always looked at on the schedule were the Miami games, the Buffalo games. Like, when do we go there? When do they come here? Is there an advantage? Because 
September in Florida, in Miami, is different. Hell, Tyquan Thornton was talking about it. He is from Florida, and he's like, yeah, it's not really hot out here. Like, we deal with way more heat and humidity in Florida. <laughs> so, you know, that's just the reality. It's hot for us. It's hot here. You think you're hot in the time, but it's going to be hotter on September yep. 11th in all likelihood. So they were on the practice field. Um, I want to go through a few, like, um, tidbits, news and notes coming off the practice field, and then we'll get into some generalities, I guess. Um, we haven't talked a lot about specific attendance at various points, but um, I want to touch on some guys. Today, for example, uh, Malcolm Butler was not in uniform the day before, was back out there, full go practice, so nothing to be worried about there. Devin McCourty, who was working on a side field yesterday, back on the field, full go, nothing seemingly to be worried about there. Uh, Dalton Keene continues to miss some practice action. Number 44, third year, tight end. Does matter all that much, though? I was going to say, there might be something concerning there in terms of his missing practice, but I don't know if he was going to make the team. I don't know if it's just about time to move on from him. Um, You know, Speaking of Dalton Keene, has Devin Asiasi been at practice? He has. um, There you go. He's caught a few balls, I would say. unspectacular just kind of been out there like nothing of note you could sell me that he could be a third tight end or you could tell me he's going to be cut at the end of camp like both are very believable right now not to get it in totally on a tangent but just how bad are those two picks now when you look back on it the keen and asiasi picks not great literally zero production out of either of them that's not true. Devin Asiasi had that one touchdown in like the season finale <laughs> two years ago. Was it? I think had to have been, I believe it was to end his rookie season. He flashed and had a catch for a touchdown. Is that, am I, is let's see. My mem- so he, he's so irrelevant. You have to scroll down to find his um, pro football reference page. It was the end of 2020. It looks like. Thank you. There's a reason I know I'm the expert on this show because I remember stupid little stuff like that. Of course, I'm yeah, supposed to. It's two kind catches of for 39 yards and a touchdown against the New York Jets. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Dalton Keene not out there. Devin Asiasi not exactly making plays. Neither of them really talking points uh, of the summer so far. Uh, 28 on your program. That would be, of course, James White, the veteran running back. Not in uniform by any means. Still on PUP. Yep but was walking all around the practice field late in practice, walked out from Gillette stadium and was out there watching the workout with teammates. Um, this may sound stupid, but I just think it's good to see him, like see him walking yeah. and, you know, he's good for the locker room. Like, I, I don't know if you still are in the same boat, but to me, it still feels like a, he's going to start the season, not on the roster. He's going to be an injured guy. That they're going to hold out uh, until halfway through the season. If they can bring him back because he's healthy enough to play great. And if not, he's just out the entire season and kind of just on the roster. And if he collects a paycheck, it's a golden parachute retirement gift type. Yeah. Thing. Belichick I mean, loves him. He's, he's a, he is a Patriot through and through. If he's going to collect a couple million bucks, it's fine. And then he retires at the end of the year or whatever. Correct. Uh, Bill Belichick's opening comments today. I found interesting. Like sometimes he throws these little phrases in that. I don't know if they're throwaway phrases for him or he intends to do it, but what caught my ear today is miles to go, but we're inching along. And I thought that that was actually a really good quote. Um, And I agree with him. This team right now has miles to go to where they need to be. But, and we'll, again, we'll talk with Kyrie Thompson from WEI.com a little later in the podcast that they are inching along every once in a while you see flashes of hope. And, and we've talked about the weirdness of the offense. Like we're all negative about the offense, but 
at various points, we've talked about individual guys, Thornton mm -hmm. shining, Parker yeah, there's, shining. There's been moments for different people. Like you, you right. we talked about the defense. Barmore has shined. Um, you know, even even some of the the linebackers have looked okay yep. at times. And so uh, it's good to see that there's glimmers of hope. Um, but if everything doesn't come together, then it's all for naught. Well, and what I would say using Bill's analogy, miles to go, but we're inching along. At some point, you better crawl. Then at some point, you better get up and walk. Then you better start to lightly jog. And then and at then some you got point, a full sprint. You got to get moving. You got to mm -hmm. get running. So, you know, baby, baby steps or baby inches, uh, as Bill might put it. Um, I will say there continues to be uh, miscommunication and frustration with your quarterback, number 10, Mac Jones. Um, that seems I, it seems so weird to me, man. I, I, Curtis to Chris Curtis's credit, uh, one of the executive producers of the morning show, uh, he made a really good point. It's like, why? I, I understand that you may there's so there's there's rumors now swirling out there um, that they're changing the offense specifically because Matt Patricia and Joe Judge couldn't handle the Josh McDaniels version of the offense. OK, and so that's why it's simplifying and. But either way, like the fact that Belichick is putting his second year quarterback in this kind of position, just it feels he, he handled the offense last year really well to his credit. And did he make some mistakes? Sure. He's a rookie. It's going to happen. Um, but he handled it well and, and he didn't show nearly as much frustration. Uh, and, and even in moments where he struggled, he didn't. Like it didn't come out. Like it wasn't visible it, it, in a lot of in a lot of scenarios, right? He kind of mentally and in, it, he internalized it and used it as fuel and kept going. But right now, like it's just constant reports of him being visually frustrated. Yes. And so, like I, it's almost like Bill Belichick is doing him a, a disservice, at least for now, right? And this is this could all change in the season. He could just soak this up like a sponge and in the middle of the season be great. And that's, and, and that's definitely a possibility, but at least right this moment, it feels like he is just, he's letting down his young quarterback. Well, first of all, I don't buy the thing about it being dumbed down for the coaches. Um, that, that makes no sense to me. Uh, those guys are good NFL coaches. They've coached at a high level. They've been head coaches. They've been around this game for decades. I think they could learn the offense. They could teach the offense. I don't know. Play calling, feel for the game, all that. We'll mm -hmm. see where that goes. So I don't buy that. What I do think is, and I'll steal a little bit from, I don't know if you watched Joe Judge's media availability four or five days ago. He made a comment about, and it was a, it was kind of a strange comment in terms of him relating to his players. And then he brought up like his 16-year-old kid, and that helps him stay sort of uh, young. Oh, young or aware of what teenagers early 20s might be into and yeah and then he said we have to be aware of things like the transfer portal nil nfts like these modern ideas because they trickle up like kids coming yep. in a kid coming in who just made a million bucks off an nil deal or something or got paid at alabama by their nil group might be different like we need to be ready for that and that's where I think the realization has come your offense was at a high level with Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels and guys that were experts in their field had been doing it for 20 years. You can't expect everybody to do that. And I think you look across the league and you know this as well as anyone from the fantasy football world, guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and these guys, they're coming right in and they're becoming all successful receivers immediately. 
Why are they doing that? Why can't we do that? Is it just physical where guys come in and may struggle with our system? Or are we not catering our system to the modern athlete player game? And it's one thing to say, well, our system was really good. We're going to keep it because Tom Brady's still here or Josh McDaniel's still here. That's how they do business. They're gone. We're left with young coaches, young players, young talent, new talent. Now's the time to change it and maybe become a little bit more like the rest of the league and do things in a way that other teams do them simplified. Colleges do them simplified. You know, I, I always go to Lincoln Riley when you look at him call plays and he's got like this little sheet of paper that's like a five by seven note card. And you're like, wait a minute, he doesn't need the huge color coded two sided. No, it's a different game. So I don't, I, to be honest though, like I don't necessarily buy that either, right? Like the things need to be simplified because in my opinion, one of the best people, you mentioned trickling up, one of the best people at utilizing things that trickle up and understanding that process is Andy Reid. And mm -hmm. he his play sheet is effing massive every sure. year. Yep. And there is no bigger proponent in the NFL than Andy Reid of ideas that trickle up because his his theory is, and he has this, it's been on record before. Um, he believes that football moves in five year cycles. And so what teams are doing in high school right now, uh, in some cases and early college years, is going to trickle up into the NFL within the next five years. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how the life cycle of football moves. And that guy's offense has never been it, it has never been simple. Like he he runs a, a, a masterful offense and he has for 20 as long as bill belichick has been a head coach and been winning and i understand he hasn't had quite the success that bill has but at the same time he's been very successful and, and so um i i'm glad to hear the idea that joe judge is believes in the trickle up effect because i think that's a real thing in football mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't i don't buy the simplify thing has to be is part of that that trickle up effect. I I am not. I don't believe. I don't subscribe to that belief at all. Well, the reality is the Patriots had a more complex offense than most, and yes. one of the issues is people get caught up in like plays or like size of the playbook. Yep. One of the biggest issues was a receiver having pre and post snap reads and mm -hmm. his route being decided by where the corner was, where the safety is. Oh, where did the safety go to? That's why Ocho Cinco had such a difficult time in Correct. the system. Yeah. So you can have a complex system in terms of lots of plays, lots of motions, lots of routes, lots of combinations, lots of, of you know, tight bunch formations versus wide foot, like all of that stuff. But if when the play is called, you know what you're doing, like I told you what to do, you're running a post corner on this play, that's more simple than you need to find the free and the strong safety. And if the outside corner has leverage on your outside, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so there's I, two different forms of and there's even the verbiage gets in there. Like there's different ways that a system can be complex. Pre-snap, post-snap, play call, verbiage, oh, number of plays, number of formations. And I think. I'm interested to see here if it trickles out, using the word trickle a lot in this podcast, trickle yep. up, trickle down, trickle out. If we find out that Tyquan Thornton doesn't need to know on this play, six adjustments, there's either a route or maybe one adjustment, like yep. the most dramatic adjustment. Yeah. So the old Patriot playbook would be filled with basically a lot of option routes, right? Like right. that's kind of, and that's what one of the things to Tom Brady's credit made him so good. And but to I, I guess it, it it's it, I'm having a hard time understanding how simplifying route reading and adjustments 
would then make it more difficult on the quarterback. Uh, I just sneezed. Apologies. Um, Bless you. Thank you. I, I'm, you like that quick with the mute button too. You did a great job there. I was actually surprised. I never, I could visually see the hot shoe, but I never heard the hot shoe. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, that's a <laughs> professional right there. But so it just, I guess that's the part that I'm having a very difficult time understanding is how less options for the receiver then all of a sudden makes it more difficult on the quarterback. And I understand that he's going now from that heavy read to not having to read as much. But at the same time, like if you're simplifying it, if the receivers aren't getting open, I get it. But like, right. I, I who said know. it's I, difficult on the quarterback though? Well, I mean, we're talking all we've talked about, or not all we've talked about, but a lot of what we talked about is visual frustration from the quarterback. Yeah, that if could just be the guy's not open. So is he pissed at his teammates, or is he pissed at himself? Because I, I think, think there's a very distinct difference there. I, I think there's more pissed at what's in front of him than what's in between his ears. In okay, my, that's like, fair. Again, we are. The guys aren't getting open. That makes more fall. sense. Yeah. And and some of it has been bad routes. Some of it has been like Kyrie. The other day when he threw his hands up, Kyrie was like, well, there were like three guys running verticals. They were all in the same spot. Clearly somebody did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's not on Mac. Like he's going to be frustrated. Yeah. Like what the F yep. are we doing? Um, and there has been a lot of him pulling the ball down, but I don't know if he's pulling the ball down because there's no one open or he's pulling the ball down because he doesn't know what he's supposed to be seeing. I would kind of be dubious of that. I actually think some of it is just simple guys aren't getting open. And then even today we saw another one of those. I know I mentioned it earlier where it was Aguilar shook, uh, shook Mills was wide open, except Mac threw to where Mills was like, they clearly weren't running happened again today where, a guy, uh, I think it was Trey Nixon, cut a route off and came back for like a outside comeback. Mac threw the ball down the field for like a fade. Like they weren't on the same page. So there's still some adjustments and they're still not communicating or seeing those adjustments in a proper manner. Yeah. And so I, I think with that idea in place too, I, I mean, I am far more firm in my belief that this team is not going to be anywhere close to a playoff team. And it's, and it's, and it's unfortunate, right? It's, it's partly due to schedule layout. If they, if their schedule was flipped, the back half of their schedule was their front half. So while they're figuring it out, they're playing all their tough teams that they're, they may just lose to anyways, because those teams are better. And then the second half of the season, once they actually figure out the offense a little bit more, uh, they start having success and are playing lesser quality opponents. They could win. They could win a lot more of those games. Unfortunately for them, the back half of their schedule is nearly impossible. And so, to me, right. that indicates okay, the first half of the season is going to be us figuring it out. But then the second half of the season, we just may be running into a train that we can't stop. Yeah, um, that's one thing I mentioned. I did a hit, my daily hit on Gresham Keith, mm -hmm. and it's like today's day eight. And you're like, well, you know, I just want to caution you. It's only day eight, which I said on day seven and day six. And yeah, exactly. I don't know which day you decide we got to stop saying it's just day X and say, holy crap, it's day X. We need to start to show some improvement. And kind of like we talked about earlier, miles to go and we're inching along. Stop inching, start walking, start yep. crawling, start, start crawling, start doing start something, covering more ground than you're covering now. And there's some truth to that, but it's a work in progress, you know, as I joked, and they need to do more work and show a little progress because so far it hasn't. Um, a couple other bullet points from today as we wrap up this first segment of Six Rings and Football Things. Uh, Jelani Tavai, who has Ooh, been okay. in the, the, um, the news cycle of late because Bill Belichick had some great comments about him on the Sirius XM uh, channel with Pat Kerwin that he does that interview during training camp every year. And he talked about how 
Tavai is going to be a piece of the Patriots puzzle, and he seemed to be praising him all four downs, could contribute first and third. Uh, my guess is you may not see Jelani Tavai. He went down with a leg injury oh, today. Oh, that's brutal. That looked um, serious from afar, and then the the always scary slash telling sign, Matt Patricia, Gerard Mayo, Belichick, they all went over, gave him like a fist bump while he was on the ground. Usually a sign that they believe it's a really serious injury. They're, they feel bad for a guy that put a lot of work in. He then went to the – they have one of those blue tents, just like on the sideline end yep. of the practice field. He went there, not under his own power, had to be held up by guys on either side of him to get there, couldn't put weight on the leg. And then Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo went down to the tent and oh, kind boy. of poked their head in. So I got to tell you, I, I I don't think there's anything I feel worse about than training camp injuries that might sucks. put you out for the season. It like sucks. Tim, it happened to Tim Patrick in Denver. Like he was primed and ready to have this massive season, gets injured. And yep. then you see a guy like Jelani Tyvai, who has been in the news cycle. Belichick is is praising him a little bit. It's like, okay, maybe he could be a factor on the defense, and then he could be done for the year. And that's just it's just sad. It's it's unfortunate. I and, really I it's the one thing I hate about football sometimes. And coaches say the same thing, teammates say the same thing. Like, you know it's a possibility. You actually know it's gonna happen. Like yeah. you go to camp with 87 guys. I gotta stop saying like, by the way. I listen to one of our podcasts. I say like too often. I need to stop. It's a crutch. Move on, Andy. No ums, no likes. Anyway, you talk to players, they know it's gonna happen. One of you know, you look at yeah, what Tom Brady right. has done is unheard of. He's yeah. gotten he's gotten injured once. He's missed one season due to injury. Like that is not common. It's 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 completely unheard of. Right. And the quarterback position is actually one of the safer positions yeah. on the football field. And then the unfortunate aspect from the two sides of the coin, from the Patriots, I think they need guys like Tavai in the mix at that second level, linebacker level. They don't have three guys that they can just put out there and say, these are our linebackers, we'll be and fine. play every snap, yeah. I think you needed a group of guys, four, five, six, that Bill can pull from. Oh, this is your week. This is your situation. This is your team, whatever, pulling you, you, part, you parts to the defense together, the puzzle pieces, as he's calling them. The other side of that is a guy like Tavai. Unfortunately, you miss it. This is your opportunity year. You get hurt. You miss a year. Maybe you're slow to come back. Rehab next. All of a sudden, your career. You out on that opportunity. Yeah. For a guy like him, opportunity knocks once, maybe. Yeah, not all that. such call. a bummer. It really is, and it's sad to see. Uh, a little more upbeat. Um, so we talked to a number of players after practice today. A number of young guys, Tyquan Thornton. I enjoyed talking to him. Talked to Cole Strange. A uh, couple things off of those. First of all, today was slip and slide day. I'm not sure yes. if you're familiar with the tradition. I sure am. I saw the uh, the tweet earlier that it looked as though there was a coach hosing down a certain spot on the grass. Indeed, the entire, I would say, waiting for Belichick for, hit, for him to do his pre-practice press conference for about 15, 20 minutes. Somebody hosed the hell out of a grassy area. <laughs> and then when they went out prior to practice, uh, they were all brought over there. Matthew Slater took control of the hose. And they would roll the ball out as they always do. And the rookies, all rookies, including coaches, coaching rookies, medical staff rookies, have to dive and recover the fumble and get sprayed down, sprayed in the face. Cole Strange said he got sprayed right in the face by, by Matthew Slater. And it doesn't look like a garden variety, pun intended, garden hose. <laughs> There's a little power behind it, more like a uh, a fire hose with oh, some, yeah. some pressure. And, you know, he was joking that, 
they do it on purpose and then they squirt the ball away. So you actually have to chase it. So it gives him extra time to hose you down while you're chasing the ball to <laughs> That's recover funny. it. Uh, but a couple of the players actually said it felt good on a day like today. Oh yeah. I bet uh, when it's 95 know, degrees out, yeah, oh. a little extra cool water to start practice. Uh, and then on a more serious note, Cole strange was asked about having Belichick. We've talked at various points, Belichick coaching the offense. He's always around the offense, hands on. Uh, he called it a huge advantage to have Belichick over there. He said, Belichick will tell you something after a play that you screwed up, you messed up, you need to work on. And you, you take it in because he's Bill Belichick. He's your coach. And he said, then you go watch the film and it's exactly what Belichick told you. There's no, he doesn't mess up. There's no gray area. What he said to you live on the field is what you see on film. And you know, you now have to work on to get better. And I thought that was an interesting uh, aspect. And it's an easy pump up for your guy because you want to know where Belichick learned all that from? Tante Skarnecchia. Oh yeah, no question. <laughs> Best ever. Uh, so yeah, just to, uh, and then Nick Cayley, not on the field. We were right. Has not been on the field. Bill said, uh, he's working, uh, when he's ready, he'll be back out there. So I still continue to something think something going on and probably fine. sick, probably, you know, the COVID that everybody, yep. when people disappear for a week, hell, I deal with it with like my youth sports. Hey, there's no a kids not available for a week or 10 days. You know where he is. He's probably got COVID oh. like, so, um, that's that's pretty much a a rundown of what we're dealing with on the Patriots practice field. They will roll forward Friday night, their final practice of the week, because they've gone. That'll be their fifth straight day. They'll need a day off on Saturday. They'll be inside of Gillette Stadium, the season ticket holder, ticketed practice event on the game field, which unfortunately in recent years has been kind of lame. It's yep. not not the blue-white scrimmage it once was. It's now sort of a walkthrough to prepare. And Bill talked about this the mechanics of a game. So everybody knows, he said, more than half our roster has never played for our team. So they don't know the game situation, preparation. You know, he always, the cliche is, you know, find out where the game play clock is for the quarterbacks and different guys and the various aspects of the stadium. Uh, but they'll go through that on Friday night. They'll have a day off. And then once they hit Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is basically prep time for the New York football giants in the oh, preseason yeah. opener. So the train, the treadmill, whatever you want to call it, it is chugging along. It is moving. And I guess if we finish up this segment with one big takeaway, it's the offense better get moving too and stop inching along. They need to start yes. covering more ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of it. Football is officially here. It is It is becoming nut-cutting time, as they like to say. And the offense seems to be the ones that really need to kind of figure it out and get going because if they don't, um, bad things are on the horizon to start the uh, 2022 NFL season for the New England Patriots. You sound like that old Nike commercial with the crazy ref. Bad things, man. Bad, bad things, man. Well, we got good things coming up because we are going to talk to Kyrie Thompson from WEI.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.